0: Welcome to the Everything's Coming Up Marketing Podcast, where we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of marketing and mental health. On this show, oversharing is caring. I'm your host, Amber Rhodes. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey y'all, today I'm here with Kate Irwin. Um, I've known Kate for a little while and I love her. And I think that like that's a general sentiment around the internet is <laughs> that so we love Kate. So That's lovely Kate... to hear. <laughs> so I'm here with Kate Irwin who deals with stress by...
1: Oh, uh, making silly TikToks about how I'm feeling. <laughs> That's my number one. My number one. That sounds pretty therapeutic. It is. It is. You know, and, and having other people on the internet... Uh, who also feel that way. And then realizing that I'm not alone, like that's the best uh, coping mechanism in the world. I love it.
0: Oh, I love that. Um, I feel like too, it's not only is it therapeutic, but kind of like brave. I am I imagine that maybe you're a millennial and I'm a millennial who is scared of TikTok, but you are not.
1: I I, I think that I first discovered you on TikTok though. I think that's how I first was introduced to you, was (laughs) you were doing user jumps TikTok. And I was like, and I loved it. And I was like, why aren't these TikToks picking up more steam? Because they're so good. And I think it's just for such a niche audience. Um, But yeah.
0: Oh, thank you. I I forgot, like I blacked out that I even did that.
1: (laughs) Well, you were really good, but I understand if it wasn't something that you loved, you know, but you were really good at it.
0: Oh, thank you. A star is born today. I have no idea.
1: But yeah, I would say that's my number one way. I also do go to therapy every week. So I mean, that's like the more traditional uh, coping with stress thing and very essential and helpful. Don't just make TikToks. But I think for the in-between times when you're not in a session and you're not, you know, working with a professional, it definitely helps.
0: Yeah. And we can get into that a little bit later because Part of it, like I had a discussion with you about upping your therapy and telling your team that you're upping your therapy and then other people were like, oh, I should do that too. And I think that that's incredible.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it made me feel really good that other people felt the same way and that they weren't like, oh, wow, are you okay? Like that they didn't judge me at all. They were like, oh yeah, same boat, same boat. Oh Yeah.
0: That's yeah. a good point, because, like, yeah. there is maybe a world where people would be like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're telling me that.
1: Right? Like, oh, it's like, I think I think maybe that world hopefully doesn't exist anymore or, like, doesn't exist within the circles
0: I'm in. But,
1: um, yeah, I think a lot's changed and it's gotten
0: destigmatized, which is great. <laughs> I wanted to start out this discussion about mental health by asking. Hey, how you doing?
1: not great. Um I would say uh <laughs> it, it it's a roller coaster of emotion and every day is a new adventure and I I don't know what to expect and I have a spreadsheet uh with jobs in it that says in case of layoffs um and I'm just like keeping track of companies I like. I know. I know.
0: You know what that is really smart. Like if you're someone who has kind of worst case scenario thinking or whatever you want to call it realistic thinking, um, yeah, in my opinion, then being prepared is one way to fight that like anxious feeling is you're like, well, you can't get me anxiety because I'm ready for whatever
1: exactly. I'm prepared for whatever happens, um and I'm trying that. I would say like some days it's fine, and some days it's not. it really depends, but
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing okay. Just like slightly stressed all the time about layoffs. No big deal.
1: For sure. For sure. Or like I just uh, spent a weekend in Vegas with my best girlfriend and uh, it was like, it was like, I I was like, oh, this is the life I want. I just want to have like that vacation life where I'm hiking in the desert and eating fancy food. And like, then I come back to my real life and I'm like, oh yeah, we are, we are in like doing more with less zone and we are, um, you know, kind of like struggling to get the leads that we need and meet our goals. And um, yeah, everything just kind of came crashing back when I came back. Oh
0: man, the highest highs and the lowest
1: lows. Yes, very much a roller coaster. Um, But not to, not to be too pessimistic. Like I think, I think a lot of people are experiencing this right now. So it's not Um, That really helps. Speaking of like that helps knowing that this isn't just like, you know, I'm with the wrong company or like I'm with like it's like all of the companies are experiencing this. Um, It's not like I'm, you know, in the wrong role. I love marketing and I'm not going to I'm not going to give up on the dream. Right. Just because it's getting hard right now. Um, But it is, you know, it's it's a famine time. So,
0: yeah. And I think that like I'm guilty of saying do more with less in our marketing, right? (laughs) As marketers, we're like being told to market our products as something that you can use to do more with less. And then as a receiver of that message, I'm like, but I don't want to. (laughs) I'm tired. I'm so
1: tired. (laughs) I'm tired. And like, it's like when it says like with less, it's like, well, but I have a capacity, right? Like, and I I think actually that's a good way to cope with stress too, is to just set really clear boundaries. And I think, um, it's, it's, it's a learning thing. It's a learning experience trying to set those boundaries, but just making sure that you don't, um, that you're not doing so much more with so much less that you're, uh, burning yourself out. Cause that's, uh, obviously something that can happen very easily.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's something like on an organizational level that, when we use this language, do more with less, we don't think about how it affects the individual. So when I hear that, I'm like, oh, I have to do absolutely everything I can to keep my job. And then yeah. it kind of, you know, I spiral. <laughs> and that's my own personal yep. journey is constantly spiraling. But yeah. it, like we are sending this message that we're doing more with less, but we're never really defining what is enough. It's just do more. <laughs> it's yeah. never like do more with less and take care of yourself. And I understand that they're businesses or whatever, but it... It is kind of like toxic productivity, I feel like. We're in kind of an era of toxic productivity. Yeah,
1: and I think, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think for a while, it was like growth at all costs was sort of the vibe, especially in tech, um, right? Like you want that like hockey stick growth. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, now that that's not happening as easily, um, I think I think what's lovely is just like steady growth, steady, stable, sustainable growth. <laughs> like that that's great. Let's, yes. let's, let's go for that or like um this is sort of like the opposite. This is almost like a like an anti-capitalist mindset, but like why don't we just maintain? Ma- maintenance is good. Like <laughs> maintenance is great. <laughs> I know I know funds funds wouldn't like that.
0: <laughs> um the gurus won't like this. Well, here's the thing. I was thinking about this the other day and not even about our business, but just like, you know how packages of like chips and pizzas, they're giving you less, but the packages yeah. are sort of staying the same. They are literally doing less with more. And like, yeah. <laughs> and that's just kind of accepted that we're spending the same amount of money or more amount of money for less. And there I, I'm just going down like a rabbit hole right now. And I think that I had like a way that they connected and I can't think of it.
1: That is also challenging. That brings up like a whole other a whole other thing. Cause yeah, like shrinkflation and the idea of like, oh, this is just what you get now, and you have to like settle mm-hmm. for that's like a whole that and speaking of that adds stress too, like as far as like how we're doing. Um just as a society, like that adds stress. I don't know. Like you see the TikToks about people at the grocery store, like, you know, oh, this is a hundred dollars worth of groceries and I can hold it in my hands, you know, like it's it's uh
0: it's it's getting weird. <laughs> I have to tell you a story of when I went to I went to the grocery store and like I usually keep oats because they're a staple and they've always been pretty cheap. And a thing of oats was $6. And I literally put my hands on my knees and just started like a laugh cry I was just like what is going on in the world six dollars for
1: oh come on (laughs) yeah just like a basic staple I don't know that this is not an ad for Aldi but but I mean just shop at Aldi if you can like that's Aldi is the
0: solution yeah
1: yeah because I I just went last night and I I got you know I eat cornflakes pretty constantly and it was like a dollar 79 for like a big box of of fake cornflakes and I'm like yep this is it this is why we shop at Aldi (laughs)
0: This is why we shop at Aldi and maybe yeah, any ad- sorry, that has of nothing those to like German alternatives. But... No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Aldi has really cool marketing. So it's like they sort do. of related. It's I sort like of adjacent. Marketing. Plus, this is how you cope with the fact that
1: everybody's getting laid off. And, you know, maybe you didn't get a raise this year, which basically sure. means you're making less money. Like, oh, go shop at Aldi. You'll feel better. Go shop at Aldi. Also, Aldi, if you're hiring, <laughs> let me know please Aldi (laughs) I don't think anybody would be offended I don't think my current employer would be offended that I would leave for Aldi like
0: who wouldn't leave for
1: Aldi yeah that's that's
0: exactly I agree you recently did this event called rebound with welcome thanks to you thanks to me not being able to fulfill my commitment (laughs) And it, like, the whole idea behind it was really beautiful, right? So uh, like, shout out to the people at Welcome for thinking about this, where marketers are being impacted by layoffs at a really high rate. And where's the community around that? It's just kind of like, you're laid off. Now what? Um, and they put together this two-hour event that had speakers, that had mentors, which you were one of. And can you tell me a little bit about that? Just like the feeling. So we've all been stressed about layoffs. And then we had this like beautiful event around layoffs where you got to mentor people and talk to other people. Tell me about it.
1: Um, so personally, I loved it. It was probably, it was so far, I mean, this is a big highlight, but it was definitely the highlight of my week, um, which is saying a lot because I just got back from vacation and it was still a high point. Um, <laughs> but um, It was just the energy was really there and people were so willing to connect and help each other. Um, I already helped um, a woman with her resume um, and uh, and gave her like a few jobs to apply to. Um, I have a one on one today and then another one tomorrow, just with people, uh, again, who are looking for work and, you know, my company is not hiring right now, but, uh, obviously we all have these networks that can help and that network effect. Um, you really never know who can connect you with what, or also just who has eyes on certain types of jobs, right? Like not all job openings are well advertised, you know, there's just a lot there so yeah it was really helpful and I'm I'm so glad that that I did it I'm so glad that thank you for for telling me about it because I never would have would have known
0: oh yeah of course I think that like as a mentor you were kind of an obvious choice and then Christina who I've never met Christina Lee I was like I'd just seen her around and I was like okay this lady is awesome and I think that brilliant if I had to do a co-mentor thing, which they approached me about being a mentor alone. And I was like, absolutely not. That will not be happening. So (laughs) I asked her and, and then it became you. (laughs) It's just the way of the world. Um, I'm curious, like, what was the general sentiment? Because I wasn't able to attend. How are these people who've been laid off, at least in this event? Like, what's the vibe from that group?
1: so in our group specifically um when we were talking uh it was all social media community managers and the vibe seemed a little um just there were a lot of people who didn't feel like they had a lot of experience right like a lot of people who had maybe been in their career for a year and got laid off um who basically are at a point where um they they see job openings and they don't qualify because they have only had, you know, a year or two of experience. Um, so I think, I think the vibe was a little bit, uh, just, just a little fearful. Um, but I, again, like there was also a lot of hope and, um, we also talked about alternate paths, right? So I do uh, a lot of freelancing on the side. I've never done full-time freelancing. Um, but from the sound of it, Um, a lot of people, again, just kind of need something to tide them over. So just gave them advice in those areas. Um, And I think people are realizing that there are maybe other options, right? Um, uh, And also there's other industries, right? I mean, I love tech, I don't want to leave tech. um, But I also think that... you know, there's, there's other industries that are, that are doing fine. Um, I do some freelancing for a construction company. They're flourishing. Right. So, uh, so yeah, I think just giving them like alternate options for where their career could go.
0: It sounds like that sort of activity that connects people where you can help people really fills your cup. And then I also know separately that you have done like some engagements with Girl Scouts to, yeah. Yeah. So like it, is this something that's really it just like makes you happy and it brings you joy so you continue to do it? Yeah,
1: I think it also it's a couple of things. The the selfish reason that I do it is that it also makes me feel I think sometimes I forget that for some people I've made it. Like I always feel like I'm aspiring to more and maybe have like a little bit of ambition to a fault where um, I you know, compare myself with others and think like, oh, I'm not as far along as I should be at my age or like my whatever in my field. and realizing that I'm where some people want to be and that I can help them get there feels so good like that 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 like it's just amazing. I think that we forget that there's people again who, you, I, you hear this a lot. It's almost a cliche at this point, but like that um, this, the things that, you know, feel like everyone knows them. But um, there's people who are maybe like, you know, still need to learn that or like are just just one little one little step behind you or a little bit, you know, younger, more junior. Um, and it feels great. I also, I also really care about helping women and girls, like not, not to be like, I don't care about helping everybody, but like, I especially care about helping women and girls because like tech and, uh, and even marketing, I think there are a lot of, uh, you know, women in marketing, but I would say um, there's a lot of pay disparity um, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, potential for, for, for women to kind of step up and ask for more.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I've, uh, I was a former employee of Girl Scouts, so when I saw that, I was like, yay, like, Scouts forever. I was never a Girl Scout so as a kid, though. <laughs> you weren't? I was not. Oh. I, it was not, like, some. I was just, like, the kid that's, that read all the time and watched TV, and I didn't really have many friends. <laughs> and I was, like, cool with that, but Girl Scouts would have been, I think, it would have given me from the programs that I helped put on it, I can see that it would have given me a little bit more confidence in my abilities sooner in life, which like yeah. everyone goes sign up your girls for Girl Scouts It's truly an incredible <laughs> organization. Girl Scouts is great. It's also
1: like I, I feel like I met a lot of people and bonded with a lot of people that maybe we didn't have as much in common and I wouldn't have gotten to know them otherwise, which was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love Girl Scout. I went to Girl Scout camp as a kid, uh, got to do all the outdoor activities. Um, yeah, it was really great. Um, but yeah, he'll, yeah, the, when I did present to, to the Girl Scouts, I, I think I was expecting it to be, I was expecting people to be more excited because, like, I get to make TikToks for a living and stuff. And I thought that, like, for high school, middle school girls, that was going to be like, oh my goodness, that's the coolest. Um, but apparently there's also, like, a lot of um, talk about social media and mental health in a negative way, right? Like how, how negatively um, social media impacts your mental health. So a lot of the kids were talking about that. And uh, I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I guess there is a lot of, uh, it's very taxing to be a social media manager. <laughs> I guess I don't recommend it now that I think about it. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Wow, what a segue. I was going to ask about like, let's get into your journey of mental health and wellness and then like how that affects your job, vice versa. And this is like the perfect segue because, yes, I'm glad that kids are growing up understanding now that there is that negative effect of social media. I feel like we were the test group, like the guinea pigs and like my space and you pick your top eight and those are your favorite people and it's not going to hurt anyone's feelings. I seriously just got chills when you said top eight. I like, I got chills because it was such my, I,
1: I had a little boyfriend and he made somebody else, another lady, the first in his top eight. And it was like a whole thing. Uh, Eventually I was first in his top eight and I felt like I won, but like, what is it to rank the people in your life to rank them?
0: I know. And why top eight? (laughs) Top three
1: just the top eight just just eight is too many oh eight is too many eight is too many i i could not tell you anybody except for my first couple i could not tell you who they are now yeah don't remember
0: yeah i have no freaking clue anyway
1: Yeah, speaking about mental health, that was terrible. Terrible for friendships, terrible for relationships. Like, no, terrible for self esteem. You just felt rejected constantly, even if you were in someone's top eight. Yeah.
0: And now we do this, now we do social media, this thing that was just like this huge experiment. We do it for a job, you and I. Like, that is our job and we make money from it. Yep. So tell me how that does or does not play into your, like, you're already having a mental health journey on your own and now like work is a part of it. Yeah, I think
1: that the one thing that I struggle with is um, turning off alerts, um, right? So like uh, there was one Sunday night where like this dude kind of ruined my night because he he was commenting all these negative comments on our page um, and it was like something that I, I felt like I had to deal with right away, right? Because like if, it, and it, even though, this man clearly was a troll. And it was actually really funny. He was, he was complaining about our lack of like price transparency, which I know is, is an actual issue. Right. Um, But it's not a call that I can make myself. Like I'm, I'm not the person who makes that call. Um, So I, I said, oh, I'll message you more pricing information. I messaged him. He completely ghosted me. So like, I think there are those moments when you just have to realize like the people who are trolling you, most of the time they have their own stuff that they're working on, right? They have their own um, own feelings that they might be projecting onto your brand or your whatever. Um, and it's really hard sometimes not to let it affect you. But again, like just making sure not to check those notifications, um, right? Take time <laughs> off. Like, because it's it, they come in 24 hours a day, right? Like, it's like, you know, you check them first thing in the morning. So just giving yourself space. Um to, to you know just to give yourself because otherwise it's like a 24 hour a day job, which is hard.
0: Yeah. How how hard do you personally set those boundaries? Do you have day like times in a day or certain days where you absolutely don't respond? Um, I did not respond on
1: vacation. I was very proud of myself. I did not check any anything on vacation. I didn't check email, I didn't check social media, um, nothing. Um, but for the most part, I'm probably bad at it. I try not to check first thing in the morning. I try to leave my bedroom because for a while I was waking up (laughs) and checking in bed. And then like, if you see trolls commenting while you're just like, you just wake up and the first thing you see is a bunch of trolls telling you how terrible you are and that your brand is a scam. Like it's gonna, it's gonna put a damper on your day. Yeah. (laughs) Jeez. That's my favorite. People love to use the word scam. It's like what what are you talking about? We're a real company. I don't know what you're talking about, but you know people people also really hate ads. I think that's the hardest thing is like dealing with the comments on on any like ads because there are some people, especially on Facebook, who just don't understand how Facebook works and that it's a free tool, and that by opting in to use the free tool, they are paying with those ad views right so right you know they'll they'll like post little memes of like a dog pooping and be like oh like this is what you're doing to my feed so this is what I'm gonna do to you and it's like I didn't do this my company did not do this you don't yeah. understand how the world works sir and I think I think the hardest part mental health wise like because you can tell I'm like pretty outspoken is like not saying what I want to say as me, Kate, when I am talking on behalf of a brand is so hard. It's so hard. Um, Like I have to be nice to these people who are being very mean to me, which
0: is is rough for your mental health. (laughs) You have to put on your customer service. Yeah, put on the customer service hat. Yeah. But like hot tip for these people, you can actually just say, I don't want to see ads like this and then you won't get an ad like this anymore. You'll and get a different ad. Won't.
1: Exactly. You'll get a different ad. I think these people don't want to see ads at all and it's like there I think there's ways to do that or like there's um I have one friend who like does not like technology and he uses something I think it's called like Facebook Lite and it's just like it doesn't have it doesn't have a feed, it doesn't have anything but there's like certain features it has. Um, so like, I don't know, go do something like that if you don't wanna see ads. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't, <laughs> don't know. Bother
0: me, a social media manager, doing my job. <laughs> that
1: is that is like my favorite thing to say, or like my favorite thing is when people act like they're gonna get like somebody high at the company, high up at the company to like pay attention to them. And it's like, no, that's not what's happening at all. And like you know, the I think <laughs> the number of times that I've asked actually escalated something have been so few. Um, usually you're just you're just berating a social media manager, yeah.
0: Yeah, you're just being mean to like a pretty nice person yeah. most likely. I've never met a social media manager that was horrible. So No. <laughs> I don't think you could be. Yeah. No, <laughs>
1: you couldn't be like you 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 need you need to at least know how to yeah be a be a kind and uh very forgiving person
0: that's an interesting question that comes to mind is like you know some people are maybe more likely to be teachers and some people are more likely to be leaders and it's like are people like us more likely to be social media managers mentally ill yeah (laughs) nice yeah (laughs) creative
1: I think those are that's like that is like the checklist. It's those three. There might be a few others. I think for like people who lean toward creators, it's like so like people like me who like TikTok, it's also like showy, perform performative like um uh only children, like I was an only child. So like needing attention, attention seeking. Um
0: I call that theater kid energy.
1: Yep. Yep, I was a theater kid. Surprise. It doesn't I was surprise a, me. No, <laughs> I was a theater kid. And then my true love was spoken word poetry. So like I did slam in college and then I coached my slam team after I graduated from college. I was the coach for a year. Um, and yeah, that that's more my energy. It's like it's like not using because I'm obviously a writer. So like a writer performer is like the, the, the my jam.
0: I love this little tidbit. About you doing Slam. I like Slam.
1: It's great. It's great. It was so much fun. I got to meet so many people from across the country. Like we like, yeah, there was there was a really cool scene. And yeah, I honestly that is uh kind of the perfect blend if you love writing, but you also love performing. So anybody who needs to get their Fifi's out, try spoken word. Try getting up at an open mic.
0: Ooh, scary.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's not for everyone. It's not for everyone, but but for, no. but for some people, you know, and I would love to see some marketing related spoken word. I think, I think that could be fun.
0: You. Yeah, <laughs> so I'll do like, it. I'll do it. You I'll can the start friend. the trend. I'll start the trend. Actually, I have a prompt for you because okay. we were talking right before this and we we're like, what are things that are frustrating you? And one of those was, short-term thinking. And I feel like a slam poem about short-term thinking mm. in marketing. We would all just snap. I would love that. I would
1: love that. What is the ROI? Like it's like uh, yeah, like I don't know. I I think yeah. Oof. Oof. That that's a good that's a good topic. There's a lot to there's a lot to talk about in that poem for sure.
0: So tell me how you're dealing with the quest for ROI all the time, which actually turns out to be pretty short-term thinking.
1: Yeah. So I don't know if I really handle this the best. I would say I'm probably better at complaining about it than finding a solution. Um, But uh, (laughs) my complaint is that uh, obviously right now we have to, yeah, attribute everything to revenue. Um, That's been a big thing where I am. I think it's probably probably been a big thing across companies. Um, and the problem with that is that um, then you're kind of just thinking quarter to quarter and you're not really thinking about what comes later. You're not really thinking about what aligns with the vision for your company. You can get really uh, you know, into like accepting any customer who, who will pay you money. That is a big issue, too, is like you have to think about what customers are actually the best fit customers and who you want. Um, you know, in the future, right? Because um, then if you're just thinking about that immediate ROI, um, then you might have churn risks down the line. You might have just, like, no top of funnel for anything. Like, you're just kind of going, uh, again, like, kind of, um, you'll have kind of slow growth. Um And I think also as a creative person, I just also get personally offended because like most of the fun, creative things that do get you that wide top of the funnel, do get you like a larger audience, um, aren't necessarily going to get you all of the customers right so like right away at least Mm -hmm. it might be like a longer play like people will hear about you and then you'll be top of mind and then later on and that's how I think about good marketing is like you're not necessarily like we shouldn't be in sales like we're not in sales we're not the ones who are closing that deal we're the ones who are um you know sharing what the problems are uh and how we can solve them um and we should make everybody aware of that but the fact like, or, or like um, my last job before I left uh, was going to give me a revenue target. And I I got a job offer the same day I found that out. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll take this job offer. I was I was on the fence. I was like, should I take it? <laughs> oh, oh, you're going to give me a, a revenue number to hit? I'm like, I'm a content marketer and social media manager. Like I, uh, you know, a lot of what I do is, well, yeah. I'm sorry, you can get into it. <laughs>
0: No, no, no. I was just thinking like, man, that, that I would probably make the same decision that you made where I didn't, I never expected to have a revenue target over my head. And then like out of nowhere, me as a social media manager doing organic social media, and you want me to bring in revenue like quarterly, that's bananas bonkers.
1: It doesn't make any sense. Or like I I try to explain also. So I do like some freelance social media consulting. And like if people's goal is to essentially like book demos or like do something like that, I'm like, oh, this is not what you want to do because this is not going to this is not the way to do it. You know, you could maybe run a paid campaign. You could but like organic social media is not how you do it. Um, So, yeah, I think uh, it's just. um. It's tricky. It's tricky because I think, yeah, a lot of people do um, think of social media a few different ways. One is they know that they should be doing it, but they don't really care about it. So they're like, oh, this is something that we just want to make sure it's covered, but we don't actually care beyond that. Um, What is fun is getting clients who are like that, but who just are chill and just give you, like, you get a retainer every month, and you can just like maintain. Um, I do love that. I love that um, so much. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, but they don't fully understand the potential that there is, right? And then there's people who think, oh, like organic social media, I should be able to generate mass amounts of leads and like, you know, book lots of meetings. And it's that's it's not really for that either. So. <laughs> we went down like a different path but this it's just I think it's I think it's frustrating at this time to be a social media manager because people don't understand it already
0: yeah there's like people don't understand it now they're adding expectations that aren't really realistic to it and then the added stress of kind of sometimes in a job like social media organic content people you're constantly having to explain how and why it works So I, in my last job, I had a similar thing where it was just like, my manager wanted to know I was doing, I was a content strategist and I did a lot of SEO writing and she was like, well, why isn't the, why don't we have more traffic this month compared to last month? And all I was doing was organic content. And I was like, well, I have no idea because month to month or like even week to week, like getting that granular, wanting to know why. And explaining the why, I was like, I, I take that up with Google. I have no clue. And it was just like, I felt like I was fighting for my life, <laughs> just trying to explain that what I'm doing had a long term positive effect. And that adds a lot of stress where social media right now, we're having to explain our jobs a little bit more, defend our jobs, defend our strategies a little bit more. Are you feeling yeah. that same pressure? Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And as someone who does both, yeah, organic, uh, content for our blog and organic social media, um, basically all the organic things, um, trying to share why it's very important that we grow these to make things sustainable and also trying to show that, Hey, things don't happen overnight or like with like an article, you know, it's not going to take off for a while. Like it, it, there's, there's a lot of things that have to happen for it to take off and it's going to take a few months. Um, so we end up like, um, you know, reporting on things that happened a few months ago and showing those trends, um, or, you know, just reported, uh, at the end of the year for the entire year. Um, and it's a little bit easier to present then, but when we are in this crunch where we're like kind of adjusting week to week and really trying to, to like ramp up week to week and like kind of fighting for our lives. Right. Um, it is tricky. Or like there was um, a few weeks ago, um, I just got a vibe. It, it's not, there's no facts here. I just got a vibe in my one-on-one with my manager that like he needed me to step it up. Right. In, in terms of sharing results and how I share results. And so I did it. I put together a whole presentation. It worked out. But like the stress that week was so heavy because I was like, you know, I've been there for a year. At this point, I would try to be normally I would try to be like negotiating a raise or a promotion or whatever. And instead, I'm literally just just fighting really hard to just keep my job. And I think that sucks. And like, I think there's a lot of people in that boat, right? The the lucky ones who are not being laid off. Um, are still having these stressors of like having to prove their worth all the time, or you know, feeling a lack of psychological safety. Um, you know, what happens if I, if I'm not like behaving the way that somebody wants, will they just think, oh, she's a problem? Let's just cut her. You know, like it's 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 these things.
0: Yeah, those are very real and valid concerns, and I think like there's some things that you can do in the long term. To help yourself recognize that, like, one, it's not your fault, really, if you get laid off, and then to understand how to present yourself better, like, it's not about numbers; it's about storytelling. There's stuff like that that we can do long term, but it just it does nothing to know these things and to like have a hype file, like to have all these things, and then to be in the moment, and you're like, I'm not doing enough. <laughs> What do I need to do to keep my job? And and really just kind of like yeah, going down that rabbit hole feeling like I I need to protect this job at all costs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And also like it's I, I don't know if other people are doing this too, but like I refuse to only have one job. And actually when I got this job, I um it was in the co- it was in the contract that i you know wouldn't have any other sources of income and i made them remove that language because i was like no i have monthly clients on retainer i'm not getting rid of them um and at this point i've even taken on a couple of new clients because like as soon as our company started laying people off i was like i need a backup plan I need backup income. But then you end up potentially burning yourself out, right? So it's like having that balance of, okay, I want to keep like my options open. I want to have other revenue streams just in case I get laid off. But also, I have to step it up here. And now I'm doing the work of three people. So how do you do that? And it's it's really hard to do without burning out. I think like the things that matter, like I said, like, I've increased my therapy. I'm just talking about it a lot. I'm talking about it with people like you, um, just like peers, uh, who just make me feel less alone. I think that's so helpful. Um, but yeah, it is, it's tough. It's a tough time. Cause you don't know, you don't feel like you're making the right choices. Cause there's no, there's no good choice,
0: you know? <laughs> yeah. Can you tell me about the moment? I, maybe not the moment, but what kind of Uh, prompted you to up your therapy sessions? Um, That's a good
1: question. So I, oh, I increased them. (laughs) I increased them in January because um, we had uh, a meetup with the U.S. team. We're a very small U.S. team. We're a bigger company, but um, in the U.S. we only had a dozen people. Um, And then the week after, some of the people who were on that retreat got laid off and I just Uh. felt very crushed. Um, and I felt like confused and, um, and also just very insecure, right. Cause like we were all having a great time. Everything seemed good. We were talking about the future. And then all of a sudden three of our team members got laid off, um, right after we had seen them and, you know, in person and, and bonded. Um, so for me, I was like, Oh, I need to, I need to, I need to talk to somebody more often because that week, I don't think I got very much done at all. I did a lot of sleeping and a lot of crying, like, and not to be weird, but like, it's, I just like, and again, like it's, it seems weird and self-indulgent because it's like, well, I, my job was safe, but like, I think it's okay to have feelings for your coworkers that you right like that you miss. And, and I think that they'll all be fine, but you know, I don't think they have jobs yet. It's been a month, um, mm-hmm. so yeah. So, so yeah. That week, that week, we also the the remaining people in the U.S. all kind of got on calls a lot. Like we were we were in constant communication. We we were really leaning on each other. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things is just to lean on the people that you have and the people that you know that you can trust and that you have that psychological safety with that you you can be open. Um, and not fear for anything like your job or, or, you know, your livelihood. Um,
0: Yeah. That makes me think of an interesting question, which is that, like, when I started my job at UserGems, I had already been talking about mental health very openly. And like, when I say mental health, I also mean my mental illnesses, (laughs) plural. I've been talking about them openly, because I had decided that never again would I not talk about them because it only negative impact negatively impacted me, so at what point did you decide that it was it was important like was there a point or you were just kind of always open about this and you were always talking about mental health at work?
1: I think I've always been open um but I say that, but i I have only recently gotten my anxiety I shouldn't say under control because like it's it's not it's, it's kind of uncontrollable. I've recently gotten better (laughs) at coping with my anxiety disorder and um, having way fewer panic attacks. Um, But no, like as soon as I started having um, panic attacks, um, especially there was, I think it was maybe 2018, I was having them um, probably like a couple times a month. Um, And I was very open with at least like the coworkers I was close with. I probably wasn't open with everybody. And actually, I don't think I was open with my boss. I think that I think that I just said something like, "Oh, I'm sick or like oh like i I think that there were some people that i I used like i did I thought I was worried that if people knew that I was having panic attacks, they would think I like couldn't handle it or like couldn't cut it right exactly. there's that, there's that vibe yeah. of like if you're unstable or like if you're right, then you're not reliable and you're not like a good fit um but I think lately also, um, since since the pandemic, I would say I've gotten more open because um, I think we all struggled, even people who don't necessarily suffer from any like disorder, like pe- people were, everybody was suffering. <laughs> um, I remember I, I that was when I went on medication uh, again, because um, I had been on medication earlier, but stopped it. And then I went on medication again in 2020. And I called my dad and talked to him about it. And he was like, oh, it's very normal to be anxious now. I don't think you should worry. Like anxiety is a very normal <laughs> response. And I realized- It's like, like kind of cool, actually. Like, it's <laughs> kind of cool to be anxious now. Like everybody's anxious. It's like all the cool are yeah. anxious because, <laughs> you know, you have to wear a mask at the supermarket and like you have to like run in and out and then like wash off your groceries. Yeah. Um. So-
0: yeah oh god do you remember <laughs> got that? flashbacks
1: do you remember like we used to we used to leave our groceries in the car for a couple of days
0: Hmm. anyway I remember like spraying down a delivery box just being yeah. like
1: <laughs> oh yeah the spraying I remember yeah my husband would like wipe everything off um yeah before like he put it in the pantry <laughs> Anyway, um that was a different time, but yeah, I think since then, since then. It's a very long-winded of way of saying since the
0: pandemic. <laughs> since the pandemic, we have all gotten a little more in touch with our mental health. It does feel that way. Like there people were maybe even more online than ever and we were talking about like, oh, I'm stressed, oh, I'm depressed and yeah. this is what it looks like and this is what it feels like um it did feel kind of like a turning point a little bit in being able to be open about it there's also the the flip side to that coin is that there is a little bit more like joking about it I'm all about laughing about my mental illness but then it's like how much is becoming like the butt of a joke and how much are we actually taking seriously and that's like always I feel like a thing that is hard I don't think
1: I'm good at that balance. I think that um, I was actually talking about it with my therapist yesterday about how like I use humor to like um, maybe sometimes cut myself down and that I didn't, I didn't realize that I was doing it. And then somebody else brought it up. I was doing, so I, I, it's really cool. Contract book um, uh, provides uh, coaching. Um, so that it's through a company called Lifeline and uh, it's like career coaching, but a lot of it has to do with like huh. um, getting feedback from your peers on like what you could do better. And one of the pieces of feedback about me that I hadn't even realized was like that I'm very self-deprecating. And I always thought that was just like fun and quirky and that everybody liked it. Like, you know, I didn't realize <laughs> people thought I actually don't like myself. Like I'm like, oh, oh, this is good to know. Um, so, yeah, I think there is a balance to um yeah because because mental yeah mental illness is very serious and it's not a joke but I think sometimes laughing is maybe the only way um at certain points
0: certain very dark times that's <laughs> why like, it's like a lot of uh a comedians I would say are mentally ill yes <laughs> yes Is that idea what is it tragedy plus time equals comedy yes it's like yeah so there are times in my life where like it makes people uncomfortable, but I'll joke about it anyway, because I'm like, it makes me laugh and it makes me feel better because there is that the therapy of time cannot be like overstated yeah. if there is a that distance that's really helpful.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's certain things that I wouldn't have joked about when I was like in it, when I was like, oh, I am. Yeah. Like having routine panic attacks and I like can't sleep through the night and because I'm so anxious and I think I'm having a heart attack or like, yeah, like going, going to the hospital thinking I was having a heart attack and nope, it's just a panic attack. Like I now right? Same. same. <laughs> I was going to say, I think like most of, I this sounds messed up. I think most of the people I liked have had that happen to them. <laughs> like
0: Most of them. Yeah. I knew that in like senior year of college, I had chest pains pretty much the whole year. And then also like my like stomach pain kind of the whole year. And I was like, oh, this is normal. I'm in college. And then like with, you know, hindsight, I'm like, oh, wow. I had undiagnosed anxiety like way earlier than I thought. Um, But no one in my life was really like could pinpoint that or we didn't really talk about it. So I just dealt with it. And now it's funny to be like, oh, I went to the ER because I thought I was having a heart attack (laughs) because I had chest pains. Uh, In the moment, it was really scary. Yeah. It was really scary.
1: Yeah. Though, I'm sure. Because, yeah, again, like something like chest pains is like you're that's one of the only things you're taught to watch for your whole life. Mm -hmm. Like as like an emergency signal, like that's like the number one emergency signal. Um, Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And not and not really taught like the connection between body and mind when it comes to mental health which could be maybe its own episode, but it just could. it's not just that you feel sad. It's sometimes you feel sad and your chest hurt or you feel anxious and your stomach hurts or mm-hmm. you're depressed and you're sleepy. <laughs> like, there's all these things that you don't even know go together until like either you've been taught them or you learn them through experience.
1: Yeah. So I would go into – um I guess it's te- my my body temperature would drop below normal levels so like I would take my temperature and I would have chills and shake and like all of like it's I think it's so weird that all of that com- can come from your mind it's it's actually yeah. fascinating like I I I I would love to learn more about it because it's it's very fascinating
0: I've experienced that the yeah, shivering the, the sh- the and shivering, like- yeah yeah,
1: <laughs> there is. <laughs> I was gonna say like the, the dark, dark, dark times. Dark times. It's and actually, I'm very proud of myself for not having a panic attack yet in 2023. Not that I should say I'm proud of myself because like I shouldn't have feelings about it. My my therapist and I talk about this a lot too, which is like that you you should obviously give yourself grace. And I think one of the worst things that you can do with any any um any issues that you're having is to judge it right so but I, I have a really hard time not judging it right so like I judge it positively if I'm like oh I haven't had a panic attack in a while I must be great and then you know in the moment if you're having one being like 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 berating yourself and not being kind so um <laughs> yeah so let's let's all be kind to ourselves and give ourselves grace at this and every time <laughs> right I love that
0: yeah This has been a great conversation. And I'm, I would love to hear if you could give advice. That sounded like good advice, but if you could give advice for someone right now, another marketer who's dealing with the same things that you're dealing with, what would that be?
1: My number one advice for marketers is, sorry, it's very difficult. So I, I I don't even have one piece. I would say boundaries, set your boundaries. Um, I think a lot of people lean on marketing, even across teams. I know that um, a lot gets kind of dumped on marketing and marketing can be kind of a reactive department um, versus a proactive department. So like act like a product team and have a backlog, um, right? Like not every request is a fire. Not every request is an urgent request and like, Um, And, you know, don't let people bully you into making their priorities your priorities. Uh, Right. Um, That's big. Um, And then again, yeah, just just being kind to yourself, just being kind to yourself at this time. because it's, yeah, it's, it's a rough time for people. And I guess, I guess I can't remember a time that wasn't rough for people though, if I'm honest, like, it's just like there's,
0: Mm -hmm. there's waves
1: of rough times, right? Like little hills and valleys. So right now we're in a bit of a valley and just, uh, yeah, be kind to yourself and realize that, uh, this is not a forever thing and things are changing, but you're going to change with them. It's going to be good.
0: I love that. And go to therapy. And if go to can. therapy,
1: go to therapy if you can. <laughs> if you can, like I do telemedicine, it's great. Like I like I don't even have to leave the house to see my therapist um, and find the right therapist. Cause I think a lot of people will, you know, t- talk to somebody, not click and then be like, oh, therapy is not for me. But like, you just have to find somebody you trust and respect that you respect them and trust them.
0: Yeah, that can be hard. It's so hard so hard but so important so important worth it okay on a positive note let's end on a positive note do you (laughs) have a joke that you could share with me a joke I don't have a joke (laughs) um okay (laughs) no I'm sorry
1: I I like a like a like a I don't I never have a joke at the ready
0: um, okay, I have a joke at the ready. If you need no it, good. Please, I, I would seat. need it. I need it. Okay, okay. What do you call a fish with no eyes?
1: I don't know. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it's no eyes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's my favorite I...
0: joke of all time. It's the only one I have at the ready.
1: <laughs> really. Oh my gosh! I have yeah, I have no jokes at the ready. I would say like I'm a jokey person. Like go go to my TikTok. It's Sassy Kate, like sass, like like software as a service. Um, Yeah, I've got jokes there,
0: but not like one-liners.
1: No one-liners. No. That that Um, makes sense
0: to me. No,
1: (laughs) I love that. What were other people's jokes?
0: Oh. Oh, I can't remember the first one, but um, the last recording I did, it was just like a quote that she saw that was growing up is just recognizing that all of your family is also mentally ill or something like that. I like that.
1: I like that a lot. That's just the truth.
0: That's a good one.
1: That's very true. Or like, uh, oh. Speaking of, I'm very grateful that that um, getting help is more normalized now because my parents did not get help and continue to not get help. And I feel terrible every time I hear what they're going through. I'm like, that must be impossible without support. Like, you know, um, so just know that there's support, lots of support out there for you.
0: There is support and you do not yeah. have to emulate your parents in the way that they you do influence. not.
1: Not. Actually, I encourage
0: all. that you don't. Yeah.
1: <laughs> For, <most laughs> For anyone. <of> <laughs> For anyone, yeah. Cool.
0: This has been a great conversation, Kate. Um I will put your name in the show notes so that people can follow you. And then Sassy Kate on TikTok yes. as well. Thank Do you have you. any closing statement that you want to share? Um, I guess
1: I guess I'll say just know that even the people who seem like they've made it are also struggling. And that can be, I guess, upsetting because then you know that you will never get to a point where you're not struggling, but also like, realize that we're all in this together. Like we all, we all are experiencing, whether it's something similar or, or again, something different, you can find your people and uh, and yeah lean on those people and they'll lean on you and, uh, it'll make everything better.
0: Hell yeah. Amen to that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining. Thank you.